Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a minute and relax and just put aside anything else that's going on, and just remember who you are, you are a spirit being, and that you don't have to prove anything or achieve anything to be fully loved by God, be fully approved and accepted. You're you're in the family, you're in him, and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. Nothing <clears throat> excuse me, nothing has to change. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to be fixed. You don't have to achieve any standards, meet any standards. Your spirit is one with God already, and that's it. Likewise, your soul, your mind, your will and emotions... They're on, they're on a pathway that God is in charge of. Your body's going to follow along. The body's actually the easiest for God to 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 modify, to draw into oneness. Again, our goal is that we would be one, spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we don't want to get distracted by what's going on in our body, or even we could say what's going on in our spirit. We're really, our existence right now here on this earth, we're very unaware of our own spirit, who you truly are, because we have lived so long as a soul, as a soulical being, so our soul, we've, we've learned to evaluate, and that's what our soul does is, how are we doing? How, you know, how do I handle this situation? How do I get my needs met? How do I avoid regret and rejection and plan for the future? Your soul, your mind, and your will, and your emotions are very busy on their own projects. And that makes us very easy to distract from the rest, the the ceasing of all those projects, the the deprioritization of all those projects, and just entering into relationship with God. When we think of of Jesus, and and we've talked before about how Adam and Eve, before they were removed, asked to leave the garden, they were living spirit, and they had a soul and lived in a body, and they communed with God. And their entire being 
they lived as a spirit. All their needs were met. And God had a purpose, a specific purpose, in the uh, path that he laid out for Adam and Eve and through Adam and Eve for all of us, which was to separate us from God's Spirit. Because Adam and Eve, there were certain things they couldn't experience. They couldn't appreciate God. They couldn't know him from a, you know, one of the things we think of God is that he he guides us and he provides for us and he heals us. And you make up your own list of things that are that God does or you have asked him to do that are meaningful to you. And odds are Adam and Eve could not experience those aspects of God. They were never wounded or hurt or rejected, so they never needed God's comfort or healing. They never had any needs, so they didn't need his provision. They always had his mind, his his direction, his guidance. They always knew where to meet him, where to be, what to do. They always had a full understanding on a day-to-day basis of what their purpose was. So they didn't need his guidance or his counsel. They, they never learned anything. They never changed. And we have no idea how long they were in that garden, living that seemingly idyllic life. Let's say, you know, it could be 20 years or billions of years. We don't know. But we do know that their relationship with God is different than the relationship you and I have. And ever, everyone except for Christ, and even Christ's relationship with God was different because he knew God. He knew his Father because he had begun in him. We won't go into too far into that distinction, but you and I, as we recognize and embrace the whole concept that this is all part of God's purpose and pathway for each one of us uniquely, and distinctly, not so that we can achieve something or bring him honor or glory or be a witness or anything. There's no purpose behind our relationship that's external that anybody else would even know or notice. It's all about are becoming one spirit, soul, and body. Our soul, your soul, returning 
to oneness with your spirit. That's God's purpose for you. And the more we can join him in his purpose by resting, by accepting what he reveals, by being with him, and just enjoying his presence, we learn how to live and move and have our being as a spirit being. Because that's, you know, think again about, let's go back to Adam and Eve. They were doing what came, you know, shall we say, naturally. They had always lived as a spirit being. So it's not something they had to try to do. They looked at each other. They saw each other as a spirit. We we could imagine and think, you know, think about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He glowed. Abraham, when he came down, or Moses, when he came down from the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, he glowed. The Spirit had, the presence of God had so invigorated and energized the dead spirit within him. It wasn't alive, so he couldn't maintain it. That's why he covered his face, so they couldn't see it diminish. But the presence of God energizes even the dead spirit. But now the spirit is living within us. So when Adam and Eve looked at each other, they saw spirit. But they didn't see, like when Eve looked at Adam, she didn't see a man. She saw spirit. Now, I don't know whether she could make out that there was a face or he had two arms and two legs. Don't know that. But that wasn't what was important. It was that she saw spirit. The spirit from the inside was saturating the soul and the body from the inside. So every cell, every aspect Every memory, every thought was fully engulfed in spirit. So when they looked at each other, they saw spirit. Then when, when they sinned and they disobeyed God, which was God's plan, and they died, you know, in that day you shall die. Well, their bodies didn't die. Their soul didn't die. They still had their same mind, will, and emotions. But their spirit died. They were no longer engulfed in that light, that brightness. And all of a sudden, they could see that they were naked. They were naked before. They were always naked. But the spirit was on the outside and the inside all the way through. Every cell, every aspect of their being was filled with spirit, was filled with that light. And sometimes I wonder if 
if is the best term for it, but it's the best term we have. You know, no man shall see God and live, but I don't know whether it's just brightness. It's That may just be one aspect of his presence. You know, we can think about all we don't know about the presence of God. And when we experience the presence of God, very often it's hard to find words to express our experience. And that's just the way it is. We're limited. Now, it's great to learn. It's great to experience and come up with new expressions and come up with new ways to 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 share our experience but it's far better to experience it for yourself and encourage others to experience it for yourself it's like ex- exp- trying to explain what ice cream what you know chocolate ice cream what does chocolate ice cream taste like or strawberry or butter pecan what is what is ice cream period what does that taste like well, it's much easier to just let them have some. And that's part of what evangelism is. That's the easiest evangelism. Here, do you want to, do you want to know God? It, would you be willing, if he made himself real to you, would that be okay? A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, okay. That's it. That's all you have to do. Well, okay, well, he heard you. And just be aware that when God makes himself known to you, it's him. It's not your imagination. It's not the power of suggestion. It's him. And he will teach you. He will lead you and guide you and restore your soul. So Adam and Eve, all of a sudden... They went from having all their needs met. And by by needs, I mean all their natural, physical needs, all their soulical needs, and all their spirit needs. They were one with God. They had power and authority over all of creation. And not just the earth, but all of creation. All the angels, all the devils, they had full power and authority over that serpent, over the animals that Adam was was naming. The, the garden, we think of it as, okay, it's a little garden. Well, could have been the whole earth. <clears throat> could have been our whole solar system. We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know. It's fun to think about. But they went from having all their needs met to having none of them met. I'm not even sure that they needed to eat or drink. Or even when they communed with one another, they might not have even had to speak, use their physical bodies. Because if Adam is one with God... And Eve is one with God. 
They're one with each other already. So the fellowship they had was they were already one in their spirit. All that was taken from them. They had to learn from the very beginning how to take care of themselves, how to take care of their body, how to take care of their soul without that spirit life, without God, without the presence of God. And ever since then, we've been struggling. We've been trying to to get back there, and yet God's intent for us is not to get back there, but to go beyond. Because there's something that, there's something, there are many things that Adam and Eve's experience was lacking. There were things about their relationship with, with God himself that they could not experience without going through the cycle that you, are, you and I are involved in. So on the one hand, it's a very personal pathway that each one of us are on. And on the other, we're, we're part of that great cloud of witnesses. And we're witnessing the plan of God work its way out, which involves us. It's not about the earth. It's not about the universe. It's not about the whole world, you know, kneeling before Christ. He could have that, you know, just by thinking. It's about us becoming one in him, where we will have that appreciation. We often talk about what grace is. And our definition of grace is, Accepting unconditionally what God gives us unconditionally and just saying thanks. And what is God giving us unconditionally? Everything. In our spirit, all our needs have been met and it's all available to our soul. And that's the process. And all All we are learning to do is just say thank you, to accept what he gives and have appreciation. Everything else falls under that. You know, learning, changing, being healed. There's a purpose to being healed. We don't, we don't value what we don't experience. You know, this is part of the, our, our problem when we think, well, I just have to hang in here, here on this earth, and then when I die, I'll see Jesus face to face and he'll give me a, a mansion and be able to live in eternity with God. So we put off the opportunity that God has placed us in right now. 
and yet we're also very distracted by our what's going on in our soul. And one of the ways we're distracted is is by our own actions, our own thoughts, our own failures. We evaluate how we're doing, and we're distracted by our the ideas that we ourselves have come up with, our own soul has come up with, that are, you know, and this is what God showed. And when, if we look through, you know, the experience of every single people, uh, person and people group that God himself revealed himself to, he gave them a task. He gave them something, laws, um, land, uh, promises. He gave them pieces of relationship. And they all tried to abide by those promises and qualifications for a relationship, and they all failed because God wanted them to fail. He was reintroducing the whole notion that he alone, that God alone, could meet our needs. And he did that by letting us fail, by setting up the circumstances where we would fail. Our problem is we get consumed by our failures. We're so negative. It draws us to focus on how we're doing, the mistakes we make, how many of us are are captured, are are imprisoned by our ideas of past mistakes. That somehow we missed out on the best that God had for us because of this the decision we made back there. We said the wrong thing and ended up in in a divorce or we rejected that person or even, you know, whatever it was, took the wrong job, married the wrong person, whatever situation, circumstance, we can look back and think, okay, if I had just done something different or... Sometimes, if others had made better choices, if we had had better parents, if we had been born in a different country or in a different time, all these are the circumstances that God specifically arranged for us. Just as he arranged the circumstances of the serpent and the lie and the betrayal, for Adam and Eve to achieve God's purpose. The the purpose wasn't the fall. It was the change that would be wrought in them and in us 
through that fall, that we would only through these circumstances would we learn what God had set aside for us to learn and be changed by here on this earth. Now, again, we don't know what came before. We don't know what comes next. So let's just look at this is the, 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 a list of things that we are to learn here that we can only learn by the circumstances that God has placed us in. So instead of focusing on our failures or the mistakes, the more we can rest in this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the path that he has laid out for you. This is your life. Then enter into his rest and just say thank you. Lord, I don't know why, don't know how, but I thank you. Don't know how this could possibly benefit me, but I thank you. Don't know what choice, what decision I'm going to, I have to make, but I thank you. And I accept this situation from your hand. And as we go through that process, he changes us. Again, what are we learning to do? What did, what did Adam and Eve lose that we are gaining? Having all of our needs met. Your soul, your mind has, has le- developed the habit, the bad habit of coming up with its own doctrine. Your will has come up with a bad habit of doing things on its own. Doing, this is the best thing to do, I'm going to do this. And measuring how it's doing. How often do we do this? We, we go, how am I doing in life? How am I doing in God? Does God? Is God pleased with me? These are all aspects of your will. And then your emotions. We either are so distracted by what we're feeling or we ignore them and stuff them down. Wherever you are in each one of those areas, and those are just, you know, the the simplistic way we approach the soul. But wherever you are in as an individual in each one of those areas, you're simply on the path that God has placed before you. He placed a path before Adam and Eve. He even placed a path before his son. He sent his son. And over time, he prepared his son to see what his path was. And Jesus had to really struggle with that. If it be, if at all possible, if this cup shall, can pass from me, I don't want to walk this path. I don't want to do this. And yet he did it. Because his needs were already met. Now you and I, nobody else is ever going to be asked to do what he did. Nobody else could do what he did. There's only one Savior, and that's it. We're done with that. But you and I 
are still sons of God. And we still are on our own path. And I don't know how, you know, how he's going to restore all creation. It's going to be intriguing. And how he's going to reconcile all people. I know that's part of his purpose and plan. He, he doesn't leave things just to wither away. There's, there's cycles in everything he does. But just as with Adam and Eve, he started something that he hasn't finished yet. So we don't want to draw conclusions about who he is and his purpose. And this is where we want to look at how we define how we're doing. We're not done. God's not done in us. Odds are it's not going to be done here on this earth. So can we, as part of our rest, simply say thank you and enjoy our relationship with God now? Not based on even what he's doing, but accept what he's doing, that it's he knows far better than we do what we need, what healing you need, what truth you need, what needs need to be met. He knows better than we do what we need, and he's giving it to you. But it's that lack. It's actually the lack that is drawing us to him. It's that lack that reveals God's true nature. The need that we can't fulfill, that we can't fix ourselves, we go to him. So so be encouraged. Don't get distracted by failure, mistake. You know, admit, hey, I'm not going to do that again, or that, you know, yes, okay, I made the wrong choice there. But that's it. That's not who you are. And let it be, let it propel you into a more, a greater rest in him rather than trying harder. So hopefully that's encouraging. Take some time and think about what it is that you expect God to do for you. What is he your guide? Is he your counselor? Is he your healer? And even write those things down and recognize those are the things that God is drawing you to himself with. And then as he does those things, as you see he's done those things, simply say thank you. So we will be getting back together again same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until we meet again, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.